Hello, welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast, the podcast for tradesmen. As a father, I've experienced the void created by my absence. I know what it's like to chase success in the workplace while your family takes a back seat. I created this out of a need I saw as a journeyman lineman for 14 years. I love this trade and I want to give back to the community as much value as I can to share my pitfalls so other lineman dads don't have to experience what I have to overcome. This podcast is for hardworking fathers looking to level up their fathering skills and be more than just a paycheck or provider for the home. Today, I want to welcome Matt Moeller. Matt is from Divergent Alliance. Matt is an Air Force veteran, and he's passionate about providing the utility industry with tools and safety equipment. It is veteran-owned, and every proceed helps homeless vets. He just joined another group that he wants to talk about called Hearts for Hope. Matt has 14 years in the trade, and he was a journeyman lineman as well. Matt, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Hey, Dave. I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, dude. It's it just such an honor to finally get a hold of you and just to be able to get a chance to put you on here and just tell your story a little bit. I want to kick things off today by you just giving our listeners an overview of your story, personally and professionally, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, when you uh, reached out, I looked up your podcast and your website, and I really was amazed how much I related to kind of the missing fatherhood. I mean, a lot of dads, I know that we're all alike. We kind of feel that our job is to work and provide that paycheck, you know, and kind of researching you a little bit I, I see that there's some missing components to that then uh it's definitely uh kind of made me think how i can improve you know but I, i've definitely since i've been doing what i do now i've definitely been working on something like that with my kids but basically i uh served in the united states air force for a few years i got out and i became a lineman on the contractors i traveled the country uh, building power lines, chasing storms. And I missed all the holidays while I was a contractor. I was recruited by a utility company in Chicago as a troubleshooter. Um, worked there for seven years. Uh, missed all the holidays there too. You know, it was uh, long hours, a lot of 16-hour days, rotating shifts. You know, missed my kids growing up. So I decided uh, it's time to try to do something on my own. Uh, decided to leave a nice paycheck and benefits and start my own uh, company uh, to try to be there for my family and give something back to, to my kids and just be, a, be able to be a better father. Hmm. Man, that's awesome to hear that, brother. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of us out there that have the same similar backgrounds as far as, you know, the trade. You know what I mean? You got this... Right passion to provide for your family you know you get a great paycheck you know what i mean better than most and yeah, it's for you to leave that and start something else is just amazing brother and that's why i reached out to you because not too many people want to do that i mean it takes a man with some big you know what to to walk away from that paycheck to walk away from the job that we love to put our families first you know what I mean? So that transitions into this topic that I want to speak on today. It's our role and the responsibilities that we have that are non-negotiable. Okay. Margin is a space that exists between our load and our limits. A margin is considered the edge. How important is it to know our limits and how is it affecting others around us? Okay. Yeah, I uh, could tell you firsthand um, I noticed I'm, I'm somebody that pays attention to my surroundings, a lot of things that are going on around me. And, you know, the harder I work, the more I think that I just need to get her done. Mm. You know, I, I see my family kind of be affected by it. You know, that even if, so when I was at the utility, I, I was gone all the time. When I was a contractor, I was gone all the time, you know, and now that I start my company, I, uh, I'm home a lot, right? Mm -hmm. However, I hear from the wife that you're home, but you're not here. Mm. 
system always working, right? So, um, yeah, with, with you saying knowing our limits and our mar the margin of our limits, that that's definitely a challenge. You know, you want to you think you're doing the right thing. Again, it, it always comes to providing. Mm -hmm. You know, for your family, and you think the harder you work, the happier they're going to be, and the absence, even when you're there, you're still being absent doesn't count. Mm. You know, so that, that's definitely something I've been uh, trying to work on. And, you know, I, uh, when I was at the utility, I adopted my first kid. Uh, she's six years old now, but I mean, I missed three years of her life growing up, you know, and it was kind of my vow. I'm not going to do that. You know, I walked away from over $250,000 and pay to a lot less, I mean, less than half of what I was doing. And I'm much happier today. Although, I mean, your own company, it's just nonstop work. And I kind of fall back into that. However, I make sure that I set time aside. I wake up early, take them to school. Uh, when I get off work, I pick them up from school and daycare and make sure I play games with them and put them to bed. And I do my work after, you know, I've kind of learned to balance that way and, and my kids are much happier respect me much more you know mm -hmm. does that answer yeah yeah no that's interesting that you said that um that's something i implement now too being a father that's you know running podcasts and then i got a father engagement coaching and stuff like that um it's all about time blocking i mean if you yeah. actually sit there and write out your and plan out your hours for the day and you get rid of the hour or get rid of the stuff that's not important, right? And you start prioritizing, it's amazing how much time you free up. Yeah, right on. I uh, definitely notice that. Yeah. Definitely notices that too. Now you're talking a little bit about adopting children. You have two children, correct, Matt? Can you yes, tell sir. Us, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so the wife and I, we, uh, we always knew that, you know, one day we would be interested in adopting just to kind of help. Yeah. Um, and give a better life to somebody. A lot of kids adopt or that need adoption. I mean, they're from low poverty and the, their biological parents can't take care of them. I mean, and sometimes they, I don't really actually know what to add on that right there, but we uh, went through in vitro uh, for like six years. We went through in vitro six times. Mm. Uh, definitely very hard on a woman. Yeah. Uh, they go through a lot with that very emotional and their, their body goes through a ton that men really couldn't understand. But we went through that six times over six years. It was an emotional roller coaster and kind of we just decided you know what let's just make now let's give up on that and let's just go straight to trying to adopt mm -hmm. you know so we uh found an adoption agency local and put a profile together and you know very expensive you know and uh i was on <laughs> lyman i mean lyman wages right it's all out of pocket but we wanted it i wanted her to be a mom that was her dream to be a mother um so we ended up putting a profile together. Basically, they, this agency puts a brochure together of our, our, me and her, our dogs, our house, our vacations we've been on to be able to send to all these potential birth moms, mm -hmm. right? To give them an option to choose, you know, who they want their biological kid to go to, mm -hmm. you know, and connect with. So, I mean, we ended up getting connected with a, a nice girl uh, from, she lived in Southern Illinois. Uh, our kid was born in um, Indiana, but we, uh, I got to cut the cord. It was a, such an amazing experience. You know, we got to have our kid the, uh, right when she was born, you know, and then uh, a few years later, actually uh, probably about four years later, we did it again, just mm -hmm. almost two years ago. You know, adopted another daughter in uh, Alabama. We wanted two kids, you know, and she's, uh, you know, definitely both, they're both girls, beautiful girls. And, um, 
Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a roller coaster. You know, I think both of them, after six months of us raising both of them, you know, this is twice this happened that we got threatened that they were the birth parents wanted to take them back. And that, that's a lot, man. It, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. But anybody that's interested uh, adopting, having troubles, having uh, kids, you know, biologically, you know, we're always open to talking to everybody. We there's a lot of the agency usually contacts us and says, hey, can you guys talk with these uh, prospective adoptive parents that are interested? And, you know, it, it's uh, definitely re rewarding, but mm -hmm. an emotional roller coaster going through. Hmm. Yeah, I you know, your story resonates with me so much, bro. And I, I told you this earlier, um, the gap between my my first child and my second child was seven years. And the reason being was because we lost two babies, you know, and I was out of town when this was happening and uh, we went through in vitro. I mean, we, we, we went through, we had to really, really jump through hoops. In fact, the last time that we actually got pregnant, that was going to be the last because it wasn't working. You know what I mean? And right. you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, just the emotions that, our wives go through, you know, that disappointment that they get when it fails, especially taking it almost full term. And then it fails like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. just, it's just so heartbreaking on them. And as husbands, our tendency is try to fix stuff, right? We're, we're fixers. We're problem solvers. Always. When we can't problem solve that we feel helpless. I know I did. I mean, there is nothing I could do to make the woman who I love have another child. And I mean, it, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. So I feel with you, brother. I, I really do, man. And I just want to commend you for stepping up and adopting. I mean, that takes a man to do that. I mean, that, I that's, freaking, that's freaking awesome that you did that, dude, especially with as much fatherlessness that is happening right now. It's a pandemic. Everybody talks about the 2020 pandemic. Well, what about the pandemic that's hitting America right now with fatherlessness? And brother, I just want to say, dude, right on, bro. You are a true example of what a father should be. So I appreciate that, Dave. I just want to point out, I could not do it without my wife. Mm -hmm. She's definitely the, uh, <laughs> the gatekeeper here and you know, um, yeah, but it, we, uh, the, the sixth time we went through in vitro, that was mm -hmm. probably the hardest, you know, because we actually, she got pregnant mm -hmm. with it and it ended up turning into a miscarriage. I mean, we went through three rounds of this IUI where it's like a turkey baster and then, uh, the six rounds of in vitro. And that last time it was, there was actually hope, you know, and then it just, uh, failed. And that was, uh, I felt completely mm -hmm. helpless. I, you know, there was nothing I could say or do just mm -hmm. be there and try to hold her. And yeah, it was, uh, definitely a reality check in life. No. Oh, yeah. And the crazy part is no amount of money will solve that. No. You know what I mean? One of the things that I heard you say is that you wanted to give your wife a child, no matter what. And that's you a servant. That. Yeah. That that's a servant leader. I mean, that's, that's awesome, dude. Seriously. Just to, to hear that come out of you saying, man, no matter what, no matter what the cost, I wanted to make my wife happy. You know, it was, it was hard, man. We, when yeah. we uh, were trying to, like I had just started the utility it was on probation and everything with, you know, her, uh, that's kind of when we were starting the in vitro process. Mm -hmm. and she found a doctor outside my service territory it was on my 90-day probation and I you know being a I mean you know being a troubleman yeah. that's a veteran job I mean that's mm -hmm. you know not just anybody can get that job no that's actually kind of like a dream job actually really oh yeah no I know but when, <laughs> when you get that job I mean a lot of people are jealous of it and mm -hmm. everything's on you there you know but I, I was on 90-day probation because I just started the company there and she's saying oh we need all the book all these dates with the doctors the um you know the fertility specialist and i said can we uh try to find, try to find somebody <laughs> my territory you know it, it, she was already emotional and uh it just had, had to make it work man. i don't yeah. know how we made it work but 
we made it work and I mean, we were almost 13 years going strong and married, you know, so right on. been through a lot. Right on brother. What do you think defines a father in your perspective, Matt? You know, that, uh, I think it's pretty simple that it's you being there. I mean, mm. it, it actually, that's pretty generic. What I just said, mm. I think the, the real answer is how your kids feel about you. Wow. If your kids are happy with calling you dad, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing something right. When you hear, <laughs> I get emotional with my kids, man. When you hear, uh, your kids just say, daddy, I love you. It's, uh, you know, you're, you know you, you're doing something right. I'm sorry, man. No, it's all good, brother. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. We're, we're here for other men to hear this, you know. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the things I heard from a previous guest on this podcast is it's not our jobs to make our children happy, right? But it is our job to provide the environment for them to experience that. Yeah. And that always resonates with me. And another thing I heard also on this podcast that was real that he really hit home, brother, was when he's like, What are your kids gonna say about you at your funeral? Is it gonna be good? I'm like, ooh, you know. But yeah, my kid's gonna say she kicked my ass in Uno. We just <laughs> actually just played with her uh before I we came on the podcast before I just put her to bed and yeah, she whooped my butt. Hmm. Yeah. It's so important to engage like that. Me and my daughter like to play speed. So yeah, she gets violent, dude. She starts, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's, it's just a father daughter time to bond. You know what I mean? It's really cool. In your own words, can you shed some light on how big of a problem we are having with absent fathers today due to the traveling for work? And why do you think it occurs? So you know, I, I traveled uh, for years as a lineman, you know, and I mean, I was young, still young, but not as young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my goal was chase all the storms, right? And I worked with a lot of linemen all over the country that were in the same boat that we all feel the man has to provide. The bigger the paycheck, the happier your family's going to be. It was kind of like the basic mentality. You know, um, I mean, I could tell you just in this industry, it, if you're probably, I would say almost 80% alignment or missing their kids growing up, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely have your, um, some of your linemen that just stay home, stay local. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, I mean, I mean, I think it's a fact that father i mean most men are alike yeah we travel provide and you know when you when you travel that's really where the money's at Mm -hmm. you know that's probably the best way to provide that we kind of think and i i don't really know many linemen that didn't miss their kids growing up Mm -hmm. you know so I, i would say it definitely is a problem that I mean, everybody, every lineman and most men realize that when it's too late that they missed it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. that's how I feel about it. Do you think it's because of our, we have that A personality, that alpha personality to where we have to always be constantly doing something? So even when you work, like even for me, when I stopped traveling and I worked at the utility, just like what your wife was saying now, I wasn't home. I was busy. I mean, I, I was there, but I wasn't there. I was checked out. I wasn't engaged with my children. I was always, my head was somewhere else, whether it be. Don't get me, don't get me started on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, oh God, when I was at the utility, uh-huh. I'm telling you, we were uh, 16 hour days, rotating shifts. And I, uh, I just had to have more. So I started getting into flipping houses mm-hmm. and I was doing the work myself. And so I, I would go to work for 16 hours 
and my eight hours off sleep time, my eat, shower, sleep time, I would go to these properties and start flipping them until I had to be back at work. That was, uh, <laughs> I think that kind of falls right in line with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. With that eight personality, huh? Yeah, no, definitely, dude. I mean, it was my way of trying to, I always knew I wanted to start my own company. Mm-hmm. And I knew I couldn't just do it on a normal lineman salary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I needed more, right? Uh, because when you start a company, you have nothing, you're going to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no leads lined up there typically. I mean, some people do, not me. Uh, so I, I just needed to increase that bank account and the savings to make sure that I wasn't going to fail them. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, I mean, we already had our first kid, you know, when I, I, I we kind of got trapped a little bit when I started flipping houses because I had bought a house in an auction, put our entire savings on. We didn't know we were, we knew we applied for adopting, but they say it could take up to two years, mm-hmm. you know? And I said, you know, what? I'm going to try to flip a house first. And hopefully by the time we get chosen for adoption, that it was, uh, I was going to be done with it and be able to <laughs> be home. But if it wasn't for the utility kind of keeping me working and forcing me all the time, mm-hmm. I put my our, our entire savings into a property, a really kind of hole in the wall property mm-hmm. that took a lot of extra effort to, and time to flip. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I did on my eight hour time off. I never slept. I mean, I, I would take an hour nap here and there, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of my life, but I, I needed to do that so that I knew when I pursued uh, my dream of starting a company that uh, I wasn't going to put my family on the street, that mm-hmm. we had some kind of bankroll in the savings account. Mm-hmm. Us. It's crazy so how that, that drive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how that drive to to provide for our families, right? How that keeps us going. I mean, I mean, you're working 16 hour days, eight hours work, the the eight hours you had off, you're working again. And you don't really stop to see how you're doing. You know, I know I didn't, when I was working crazy hours, I was eating like crap. I was, I was taking energy drinks. You know, that's when I was chewing, you know, I used to chew tobacco. I, I don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? But I'd chew I was eating jerky or whatever I could chug down between structures and hardly drinking any water. And you're functioning nonstop seven days a week like that. Oh yeah. You know, and it, it takes a toll on your body. It really, really does. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people don't understand that nurses, they understand. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you said that I had a, a nurse who specialized in cardio health and uh, she was talking about all the effects that we cause to our heart and how much damage we do with, with caffeine and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, it, it really opened up my eyes and I hope it opened up the eyes to a lot of these listeners who, who join this podcast, you know what I mean? Cause one of the things is if you're not around a hero, you know, our kids think we're a hero, right? In their eyes, we're a hero. Oh, yeah. But if the hero isn't around, Who's going to be their hero? Who's going to protect them? Who's going to walk them down that aisle? You know, we got to take yeah, care of nobody. ourselves. Exactly. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care. And it starts by take, we got to take care of our families and it starts by taking care of ourselves. Yeah, now, so you can't take care of anybody until you can take care of yourself first. Exactly. Now, what are some practical steps fathers can take to improve their effectiveness in the household? with their marriage and also with their children. Oh man, I learned that one uh, pretty quickly. Clean the toilet, empty the dishwasher. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hey, those chores aren't your wives. No. Particularly your chores. She's just helping you do them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think at some point we all kind of learn. I mean, most spouses or wives will uh at some point just be direct that hey i'm 
you know, this isn't just me that's responsible for this. This is yours too. And uh, you better start pitching in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've all been threatened a little bit by that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that you can't just sit home, work all day on the weekend. You got to do your part. So I, I definitely, uh, I definitely been pitching in more, you know, don't want to lose what I have. Yeah, that's uh, it definitely a- makes her feel good. It, it, it's rewarding knowing that it makes them happy, you know, and then, uh, I mean, it's hard to make women happy, right? But <laughs> yeah, at least we could try. Yeah, exactly. And it's happiness starts with us helping them with the household chores, right? That definitely is true. You know, and she always, she's always satisfied when mm-hmm. I could take the kids out of the house and take them to go do something, burn some energy take them to the park, the bounce, you know, the bouncy house places. And so definitely makes for a happy wife, happy life. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I learned is uh, to give her a break. You yeah. know what I mean? Like give her that time that she needs to, to feel pretty, to get dolled up, to, to be away from the kids. You they know? need that. They need it. Absolutely. And I never used to give her that because when I came home, I was so selfish. I wanted to spend time with my wife because I have needs as a man and the kids wanted my attention and it would just get chaotic. You know what I mean? When you're on the road like that and you come home, you're not used to your kids. So when they're clamoring for your attention, it's like, okay, okay, you know, calm down. I'll get to you in a minute. I want to see how your mom's doing. I need to, talk with her and see how the, you know, how the month went or the week went or whatever, you know, what do I need to do at the household? And it was just crazy. It was chaotic. You know what I mean? And, it, oh, I know exactly what you mean, man. And it's, it's good to, it's good to step back, reassess and see where you went wrong and make the adjustments. You know what I mean? That way you yeah. don't continue doing it. You know, I, uh, my wife, she's a special ed teacher. That is, uh, everybody underestimates that position. That is a very difficult position. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids can get violent and they get dirty, Yeah. you know, yeah. and she deals with that all day, but she's very passionate about it, right? She loves helping kids and she mm-hmm. loves what she does, you know, but it, it, it'll drain you out. And when she comes home and both the kids are mommy, mommy, hold me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it stresses her out. And, you know, I, I pick up on that. So that's where I uh, get to kind of be the hero dad and husband that says, Hey, get over here. Let's go play a game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm learning, you know, I, I we went through a, a little spell that I was ignoring those signs. Mm-hmm. We all do. I think we all do. I did. Yeah. Oh Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we had our rough roads, and um, I think now it's a lot more. I'm, I'm definitely I pay attention to it a lot more, uh, and it our, our relationship really has just been better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, since I've been able to spot that those signs. You know, mm-hmm. and and I mean, it really goes back to you don't have to work all the time. Work's going to be there later. <laughs> Yeah. So works yeah. works always going to be there later. Your family might not be. Mm, exactly. Priorities. I like that. Now it's good that you have that awareness too. I mean, once you have that awareness, you can, like I said, make those adjustments, start putting your priorities in line and start putting what's important because we make time for what's important. We really yeah. do. You know, you know, when, when people say, oh, I don't have time. Well, you know what I mean? you make time for what is important. So you're going to make time. If your kids are high up on that list, your wife's high up on that list, you're going to do whatever it takes to prioritize. That being said, there are things you must do that you cannot delegate to anyone else. Why do you think fathers tend to lax when it comes to these duties? Well, Dave, give me some uh, specific duties there. (laughs) Give me an example. Well, uh, just being engaged with their children. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Um, 
So your question is, why do I think fathers lacks on that? Yeah. What um, keeps them from engaging? Sorry. Every, I feel like everything is based on our habits, right? And bad habits. You know, you see that in the workplace. You see that in your personal life. We all have bad habits, right? And it, you just, you get used to them. It becomes your routine and a bad routine, just like if you started smoking, right? It, mm -hmm. You're going to, it's a bad habit. You're in a routine that not only do you smoke, but it, it turns into after everything that you do, after you eat, after you have a drink, after, you know, you, when you go on break at work, that you have to have a cigarette. It just falls into a routine. Mm -hmm. I, I think the same thing is when we aren't seeing those signs originally, we, it's a bad habit not seeing that sign, right? But we start following that routine when you see that your significant other is doing those tasks and you almost feel free in, in the time being, right? And, until you hear about it. You're right. When you hear about it, let me, let me tell you, you, uh, it's you too late. feel that. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I think we just kind of fall into that habit. We don't really, we don't really fully have that true understanding of what we're not doing. We, we don't think that we're doing wrong. And it kind of all falls back to the initial, we're the provider, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of goes to, I, I think, back in the old days where men provide, women are the caregivers. You know, those, those times have changed, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of women that are the providers now. You know, and they should be, you know, I mean, we're all pretty equal now. And uh, if both of you, I mean, if both of you are working, there's not one provider. You got two providers that you need to find some balance. You know, mm -hmm. both of you need to do your part and it's all about the balance there. But yeah, I think it's just kind of, some people are still accustomed to the old days that I'm the provider, mm -hmm. you know, she's the caregiver and those days are gone, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you. They're definitely are out the door. Um, I like what you said though, about habits. Some of the things I try to get fathers to help them engage is developing keystone habits, right? Now mm -hmm. a keystone habit is say, for instance, you start working out. That's a positive keystone habit. What happens when you work out? You tend to start eating better, right? You start uh, being more aware of your health. Uh, you stop smoking, perhaps, or chewing yeah. or drinking and stuff like that. So there's a cascading effect that happens from these keystone habits. Now, the same holds true for bad habits. Okay. So in this case, the bad habits would be, ah, she's got this. You know, I worked all week. I just want to relax. She can take care of this. You know, I, I know for me, I'd come home and instead of helping her with the house, right, I'd start nitpicking. Why is the house dirty? What the heck did you do all week? Oh, you're being trouble, man. Oh, dude. That is that, not going to go good. I can tell you that. No. Oh, no. It, it, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, 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 it, and it doesn't go over good at all. And it, it's just like, she used to call it work mode for me. She like, you know, you need to take your hat off. And leave it at the door because we're not linemen here. You don't talk to us like that. You know what I mean? Don't come back. You're in work mode. You're, you're, you're delegating. You're, you know, I'd be all, ah, wasted moves, wasted moves. You know what I mean? And I had to learn to turn that off and not be like that when I was at the house with my family. Cause I was just creating a very toxic environment, you know, but I like what you said about the keystone habits and developing them, you know what I mean? Right. So that, that's, that's, that's really a, a big too. And I think, like you said, fathers go back to what they know as fathers, you know, we don't get a blueprint at all. We don't know how to father, you know, we tend to go back to what we were taught as children and we think it's okay because it, it worked, you know what I mean? We're still alive. Right. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how though. I don't know how either, to be quite <laughs> honest. You know, I was we just pretty don't want our kids to do the same thing. Exactly. We don't want them to repeat the past. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I think it's it's pretty awesome that you're able to recognize that. What are biggest mistakes fathers make that are hard to recover from, do you think? Oh, man, I would. Uh, father or husband? Which one? Both. <laughs> 
Mm. Oh, on the road, uh, I, I think that one can go without saying when you're on the road, getting a little lonely, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the holidays, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you miss those holidays, guess what? Those are some of the most exciting times that you see how happy your kids are. I mean, th- think about Christmas, how excited they are just to open up a present and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't ever get that moment back. No, I, I, I'm telling you, man, I, uh, even though I haven't been home for the holidays, 14 years, I still miss the years in my kids life. Right. Mm-hmm. The, I, I don't, I, I can't go back to that, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, a lot of it wasn't my choice. You know, some of it was with, uh, trying to prevent other people being forced at work. I volunteered. Um, cause I figured my kids were young and theirs were a little older. I wanted them to not miss anymore. I figured my kids still got many years that I could see, you know, mm-hmm. you, no good deed goes unpunished though. Right. Mm-hmm. So, even though I did a good deed, I still miss my kids, you know, on the holidays. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a regret that I have, I could tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, I agree with you on what regret you have, Dave? <laughs> My regret would be that the same thing, you know, just putting my family second. Yeah. Not listening to their needs, treating them as an object. You know, and it's not even always just listening to the needs. It's trying to just recognize it without anything being said, right? Mm-hmm. Just trying to feel the vibe. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely uh, ignored the vibe many times. You know, I wish I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think things would have went a lot, de- a lot different today. But, you know, we are where we are and we move forward from that and try not to let that happen and do our best to teach our kids really what's important in life, you know, and it's family. Yeah, that's such a, a powerful lesson that we teach them too. You know what I mean? When we're sending them mixed message and we're telling them, oh, don't be a workaholic, but then they see their daddy out there giving her hell. You know what I mean? We're, we're sending a mixed message to them. I mean, and no one's perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. So I do that all the time. I'll tell my kids, stay off a device, right? And my daughter will call me out on it and she'll be like, well, you're on yours. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> duh. You know what I mean? We, we definitely, we definitely set the example for them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They are who we are. I, I, I tend to lean on this. A bad moment isn't a bad life. We make mistakes. Yes. So we can't let that define us. You know what I mean? Right. And another thing too, that I like to say is that our biggest commodity is emotional support for both our wife and our children. We need to, and in order to do that is we need to be there. We need to be present for them. You know, um, right on. John Maxwell talks about leadership, right? He's a real big advocate for leadership. And uh, he says that all leadership is, is influence. But in order to have that influence, you need to have time with the person. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, boys and girls are different. You have girls. So for me, my daughter, I need to have that relationship with her before I can start setting boundaries for her. I tried the other way and it don't work. I need to have that relationship. She needs to know that I'm there for her. I care for her. I want to listen to her. She counts. You know, especially when she's asking all kinds of questions, I used to shut her up. You know, I'd be like, uh, talk to me later. I'm busy right now. I'm busy. Nothing crushes a daughter's spirit more than doing that. Yeah, I've uh, been there. Mm-hmm. So I think once we start becoming aware of these these habits, and that's why we have this podcast, is just to be able to be real, talk like men. Because, I mean, I know you probably have the same sentiments like i do i mean i think linemen are the top of the food chain honestly oh yeah it takes a special man to be able to do what we do it does brother 
you know. Um, I wanted to ask you, Matt, have you ever experienced anxiety? Did you get that anxiety after being home? And how did you overcome it? Like not knowing what to do, like twiddling your thumbs and stuff like that? You know, we went through – so before we had kids, mm-hmm. when I was on the road, um, you know, I would be gone for, say, like a week at a time, right? I mm-hmm. think uh, we went through, man, we filed, uh, I had to file bankruptcy in 09 and lost everything. But you know, as soon as we got married, uh, I got, uh, I had to go on the road. And so I, I got a, line job down in uh kentucky you know monday it was monday through friday and so i drive out on sunday sunday night at one in the morning i leave show up it's by 6 30 you know for ready to work mm-hmm. then friday at 5 30 i'd start heading home i get home at about 11 and my wife got so used to being alone mm-hmm. that she created her own routine you know, I would walk in the door and, you know, the dogs would give me a better welcoming than she did, you know, and it, it bothered me, you know, but I was uh, pretty much interfering with her new routine. Mm-hmm. And it, that, <laughs> that is hard to deal with. Yeah. You know? um, the same kind of went with ComEd, you know. Um, so with anxiety, I was very anxious with all that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just said the power company and I didn't want to, but <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, Chicago, right. When I worked yeah. there, you know, you, you work, you, they always want to know when are you going to be home? You know, I got to pick up the kids. I'm going to make dinner. What time are you going to be home? Oh, I'm getting off in an hour, you know? Okay. I'll have dinner ready. You start heading home and guess what? That phone rings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come right back, man. And that's the worst feeling. <laughs> to have to pick up the phone and tell your wife, you got to go back to work. You ain't coming home. She just made dinner, mm. you know, and uh, went through hoop, jumped through mm. hoops to make sure the house was ready, clean, the dinner was made. And it was always the case, man. And, you know, even when you got plans, it, it, you know, I'll be home by three or three mm-hmm. 30. Nope. I got to turn back around. You know, I'm being forced. You know, they, they really don't understand. I mean, nobody understands the way that the people that are actually being forced to do that stuff understands, yeah. you know, it's hard to share with anybody because people just don't typically understand that kind of life. No, you know, your kids don't understand daddy. Why are you always at work? You know, I'm like, you're not even old enough to be able to say that yet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you really know that mm-hmm. I end up writing a song for my kids. I'm, you know, it was just, I missed her life growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to play it for every night to, and it was kind of our thing that she knew the words. She played me that song. It was kind of how we started kind of reintroducing our relationship. And it's kind of messed up to say, but I, I was never around, man. Mm-hmm. I was, whether I wanted to be or not, you know, the days I wanted to be, I, I couldn't, you know, the <laughs> days that I, wanted to keep working and make a bigger paycheck i volunteered to stay working you know you just you don't get that time back that's the most precious moment like most precious time when you got young kids you got to be there mm-hmm. man just you talking about that just brought back uh memories dude of leaving you know would be celebrating a thanksgiving or whatever and i, I also worked at a utility and i also worked at a co-op and uh, I remember getting called Thanksgiving Day to drive four hours away to go change out a transformer and a blizzard off your tools, you know. And oh, it, all the tools, dude. Huh? Yeah, dude. And it was like, are you kidding me? But it needed to be done. And you know, my wife was just like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll, you know, take care of the gas. When are you going to come back? And you don't know when you're going to come back. Cause you never know, you know, you go out there, you carry, you know, at co-ops, you usually carry a little 10 KV or whatever in the back of your truck. Cause that's normally what they have. You know what I mean? Maybe a cutout, an arm, whatever. We get out there and, you know, they don't have any kind of schematics at, like at, they do at a, uh, 
a, a bigger utility or anything like that. So you don't know what you're going to get. You get out there and it's a bigger can. So now you got to drive two and a half hours back because no one's on call. So you can't even call them to bring you and meet you halfway a, a oh, 25 yeah. KV. So now you're going all the way back. You're having a 25 KV, everything you need. And you go out there and it, you know, you know, you've been there, you know what I mean? But people, the moral of the story is people don't really understand what the life of alignment is. No, it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of wait time from your family. Yeah, that movie, uh, Life on the Line with John Travolta, didn't really do justice. No, I mean, that dude, that was such a, such a, I mean, I think the best part I liked out of that movie is when all the line hands stood up when that guy was talking crap at the bar. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, that that's was the best, like the most real thing that happens. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that definitely will happen. We could talk crap about each other all day long. I mean, that, that whole, uh, story about your tools will, your reputation will hit here faster than your tools will. That's true. But when it comes down to standing together with your brothers and stuff like that, I mean, nine times out of 10, they're going to have your back against someone else. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah. And yeah, that was really cool in that movie. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> other than that, you know, I didn't, I, you know, why did he, you know, when he threw himself well, across yeah. the freaking bus, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you, well, you know, who uh, really did, doesn't understand the trade when the people actually like that movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> they know nothing about the trade. Uh-uh, no, not at all. People yeah. live through it. Are like, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go throw myself across the bus. Hello, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like, dude, grab a logging chain or something, dude. My gosh, you know what I mean? When when I worked at the co-op, I actually freaked out because that's how they tested a line. You know, it's single phase, right? Oh yeah. And you know, you, you have a you have a blade open or whatever, you know what I mean? And they didn't have high voltage testers. You buzz it, dude. Yeah, just yeah, fuzz it with a wrench, right? But it's four kV. Four yeah. kV is different, you know what I mean? And uh, that's how they tested shit. Is oh, it's dead. We fuzzed it, and then they throw a logging chain around it to to ground it. Right. And one of the guys, he actually uh, came in contact with. I don't know what he did. I guess he was off the back of a truck. You know, co-op poles are only like 30, 35 feet tall. You know, oh, yeah. the, old, the old poles. You know, rural and uh, right on the off the road, everything's bucket accessible. Yeah, so he's on the back of the truck and he's he throws this chain to ground the line and somehow, some way, he came in contact with it. it was still live and it freaking burnt him bad. I mean, he lost his. Uh, they had to amputate his his knee about three inches above his knee down, and then he wound up he he succumbed from the injuries. You know what I mean? His body just couldn't handle. Uh, God bless him, man. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty awful. But uh, those are some of the things we deal with being linemen. You know what I mean? The the risks that we take to provide for our families. You know what I mean? Man, I couldn't tell you how many explosions <laughs> I had uh, in classes. I had work, working by yourself on the midnights. Uh, you know, Widowmakers. Widow <laughs> <laughs> There's a blowing on you when you're switching. and. Mm. Yeah, draw some nice arcs. Oh yeah, that's the sky. Exactly, especially the PMH gears. I hate them damn things, man. You know, when those go to hell, they go to hell quick. I mean, I've never seen a light that bright. You know. And oh then, yeah. And then that that awful sound, dude. Blah, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh god. I don't even tell my wife half the the stuff that goes on. I don't want to worry her. You know what I mean? Well, I don't have to do it now, so. But uh, a lot of a lot of crazy times on the line, man. Oh uh, yeah. How important do you think it is for fathers to take a break and recharge to be better for the family? And what do you do? Did well, you- I mean, I, I guess when you say take a break and recharge, you um, I mean to kind of just sit and think about, rethink, revisit what they're doing with their family, how they're what their approach is, you know, how much time they're spending to just change their ways They're, you know, is that what you're kind of asking? Yeah. Yeah. Just to like self-assess and just get away and just kind of, you know, like for me, I, 
I, I wake up early in the morning and I read the Bible. I need to. And that's me. You know what I mean? Gotcha. You know, I have to, otherwise I'll be a it, damn mess. Yeah. It, I mean, I can tell you, I had to, a few, quite a few times try to recharge. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, back to what I was saying, you think you're doing the right thing, providing, right. You're working and uh, being a lineman, man, that, uh, that beats you down, mm. you know, it, it helps if you got good guys on the crew, good women now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely had to take many times to rethink what the hell am I doing, you know, with my family. It, it, you know, I, I was at risk of losing them multiple times, you know, and really it comes down to am I, am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? And no, I, I wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I can't predict the future, what's going to happen moving forward still, you know, but I know that I'm definitely putting the effort in today that I never did before. You know, I try to understand her more and understand my kids more, you know, and I kind of learn from other people. I got a lot of buddies that been through divorce, absent fathers, and, you know, even an absent mother is sad. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, kid, I mean, I feel kids, they need both. You know, your, your kids deserve both. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's very important. It, it, it's very critical to your kids being the best that they can be to, for you to physically and mentally be there. You know, you can physically be there, but not mentally be there. And I, I kept falling into that trap a lot. And I mean, even recently, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's tough to run a business and, you know, uh, everything's re- relying on you and you tend to just, you know, if I don't do this, we're going to end up on the street, you know, always worrying about tomorrow. And it, mm-hmm. it comes a point that you can't let your kids feel that. Yeah. You know, you don't. So I, I've been, I feel like I've been doing a decent job of trying to separate it. You mm-hmm. know, the, the emotions are happier. Yeah. Uh, seems like uh, everybody's happier when I walk in the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know? You're celebrated. Like yeah. Definitely. That's one of the things I always said is you go, you work, you provide, you come home and you want to be celebrated. You want everybody to be like, Oh, daddy's home, our hero. And when you're not getting that, it's almost like, well, when are you going back to work? Just like you said earlier about your wife, she had her own patterns, her own routines because you're gone so much. My wife always likened it to dating me. You know what I mean? She always says, I'm dating, I'm dating my husband. I'm raising my children without a husband. Or roommates. Or roommates. Exactly. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you, brother, is uh, do you view your self-worth differently since you're out of your tools? Like, I know as men, we tend to want to identify with our jobs. You know, I'm a journeyman lineman, blah, blah, you know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I mean? But right, right, you know what I'm saying? But now do you is it hard? Do you have a struggle with it now that you're out of your hooks? Or I mean, I know for me, I'm like, man, this job's coming up. Or I see some kid climbing and he's all eat up, and I'm just like, Man, I should throw all my damn tools, you know what I mean? And I don't know, I, I sometimes struggle with that. I honestly do. Yeah, uh, so I mean, just so you know, I mean I I still carry my ticket, my lineman ticket. I pay my dues. Yep. You know, we, uh, we're actually the only IBW distributor in the country. I don't have my wallet on me. I got my sweatshirt, but I got, hey, I got my ticket. Too. You know, my pay through October, by the way, and, uh, it's laminated. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, when, uh, probably, uh, I want to say a year and a half ago, you know, running this company, I, uh, one of my customers called me up and said, Hey, you got your ticket. You want to go on storm? I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah. You know, I jumped on storm, made a quick few thousand and you know, I, I definitely missed it, man. Uh, but it, it's definitely a whole different lifestyle, but I mean, we're in the process of trying to start a line construction company too. I got a lot of buddies in the industry, you know, call me up. Hey, when are you guys getting going? I'm like, you know, I'm going to drag up, come over by you. Hmm. So 
we're uh I'm, I'm still heavily involved you know i still got my tools hanging up in the garage mm -hmm. you know every storm hits usually i throw them in the back of the pickup just in case because i got that ticket still right yep but uh yeah i uh now instead of wearing the tools i'm being able i'm able to take care of everybody in tools now mm. that's what we, we supply to is all the linemen mm -hmm. you know and all the contractors and utilities uh, the big thing we do is uh i have a few uh ibw groundmen that service our grounds nobody in the country you know there's not one distributor in the country that's union has union workforce testing repairing protective grounds and jumpers and custom building them you know the margin's not there but i believe in the brotherhood man they took care of me and i want to take care of them mm. yeah absolutely so, you know, I union on it and i mean we're doing pretty well mm. so it's a challenge every day but i mean i like i said I, I don't make i make a fraction of what i did at the utility but brother i got my time back <laughs> Dude, and you I, can't buy that time. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it, give it, put it wherever I do, and you better believe I give it to my family, my kids. Mm. That's you know, when I'm when I'm when I'm not at work, but at least it's a normal work day now. Yeah, you know, sometimes I still got to travel, but they understand that when I got to travel, I, I put in that extra time beforehand, and I, I know ahead of time so I could plan for it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, <laughs> I'm telling you, the money ain't shit. If you don't have your time. Yep. Hmm. I, I like that you said that. Brother, one of the questions that was asked to me about you was that you started a successful business, correct? Mm -hmm. Any tips for the audience who might want to make that transition out of their tools to into diving into their own business to be a, a, an entrepreneur coming out of the line trade? I tell you what, man, I had uh, as much ego as some people have, you know, alignment. I, I had an ego being alignment, thinking I knew, right? You can't do it alone. No. You know, you need, you need good people you trust. You know, I got a couple of partners, you know, one uh, guy, uh, one partner of mine started this company with me, John Masterson. He, uh, he was a dispatcher at utility. Uh, I was a troubleman, so he was the one to sign me the tickets. He was the only dispatcher I trusted. I, I was not a fan of dispatchers. I didn't like anybody telling me what to do. You know, I learned my job well. I went home on my own time, researched it. Then that troubleman job, I, I didn't know if I was should have had it or not. It was such a veteran job, mm -hmm. you know, but me and him started this company, and I, I couldn't do it without a, a good partner in it. That somebody's got your back, you know, good advisors. But if, if there's a will, there's a way, man. I I went to left that company for nothing. I had no leads on anything. You know, you just keep pushing and you know you gotta feel that there ain't nothing to go back to, you know, even though we know we got tickets, mm -hmm. right? We can go be a lineman, jump on a truck anywhere. I, I went I went at it with a different mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody uh my family was really that supportive of me wanting to do that they were comfortable with where we were you know financially and you know like i said i mean uh, the wife already uh, filed bankruptcy been through that where we lost everything i know i've lost everything dude and i was not gonna let that happen again and mm -hmm. you know i pretty much gave her a time frame six months if we don't make any money uh going back to being a lineman, going back in my tools, you know, and six months passed, uh, still didn't make no money. <laughs> I, I kept at it, man. I said, look, just give me another month. <laughs> mm. uh, kind of like a fisherman, right? Last cast, just one more cast. One more, one and more. Finally, we did it, dude. We did, uh, I mean, we did like $7 million this last year in, in revenue, right? But mm. that's a big, it had to be one of the top fastest growing veteran companies in the country, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, going from 750,000 to 7 million in one year, you know, so, but you, you got to have good people that have your back that you trust, you know, I, I'll go to hell for my partner, John Masterson, man. Uh, he's going to watch this and he's be like, that 
fucking ass fucking said my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my guy, dude. I don't know how he was a dispatcher. I was a troubleman, and that's how we started this journey. And uh, yeah, you, you got to have passion. You, you got to want it, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, a good lineman. You, you, you know, a lot, a lot of people make linemen, right? But the good linemen are the linemen that want it and not just for the money. Yeah. The money will come. Anything for the money, you're not going to be good at it. You're not going to be respected. You're not going to feel that you achieved anything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I, I make a fraction of what I did as a lineman and I feel like I, I achieved the world. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm stressed. As a, if I'm not stressed, I'm stressed. Right. But I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I am genuinely happy. Hmm. Man, that's so I love people. That's so awesome. You said that, bro. And that's such a big encouragement because there's a lot of linemen out there that are so talented from knife makers to to whatever, creating uh, new sockets, new tools. You know, what I mean, linemen are creative, dude. And a lot of them don't know how to expand off that to, 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 to make it grow. They don't have a vision for it. You know what I mean? And uh, I think fear holds them back a lot of times because they have that constant paycheck and they know having that ticket that, Hey, you know, this is my safety. I can go back to this. I know I do. You know what I mean? It's like, I got my ticket. If anything happens, I can go, I'll have a job tomorrow. You know what I mean? And yeah, that mentality is no good. It isn't. It isn't. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You got to be committed a hundred percent committed in what you're doing. And you got to have that vision to say, Hey, my family's coming first. I'm putting my family first and let's do this. I'm going to go forward and make it happen. You know, I, uh, I mean, I almost lost my family over this company mm-hmm. and, uh, th- that's why I got to give it to my partner, man, John Masterson, who he refuses. He stepped up to the plate and refused to let me kind of be a slave to the company. Mm-hmm. You know, he took, took over a lot of responsibility. I roles I was doing, to, uh, make sure I could be home more with the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, man, I, I, I'm just generally happy. Mm. You know, I, if, if I can give it any advice, I, if somebody really wants to start a business, right. You got to have, you got to know how to grind. You got to have that dedication, mm-hmm. but you, you don't need a ton of money. I didn't have a million dollars, right. A lot of company, a lot of people get investors. I, I didn't have that. You got to have a little money bring in some help so that they can do some administrative role while you're out grinding, going to find customers with, if you can't learn to be a salesperson, you know, I mean, I read while we were pre-revenue, while I was making no money, I didn't know anything about business, nothing. I, I bought a bunch of books. I bought how to be a leader, how to have a partner in a business, how to do finances, how to do sales, um, how to lead people. You know how to have employees. I, I I read all these books, man. I hate reading. I'm not. I'm a, I was a lineman, dude. I'm not a college graduate who could read books. Mm-hmm. Lineman. But when you find something that you're passionate about, you know, I, I had to do it because I wasn't going to put my family on the street by the choice that I made to walk away from a very wealthy position, paycheck and benefits. You know. Mm-hmm. So just be committed and. It, don't be afraid to use your relationships and connections, people you know, to for advice. Nobody's going to do anything for you. If you don't pick up that phone and call somebody, it ain't going to happen. Nobody's going to call you. Mm. You know, mm. even uh, COVID hit and I thought we were going to be laying everybody off and it was either send every, you know, all the, the people that uh, left their jobs to come here. You know, they took the risk to come here, believed in John and I and it's either tell them that hey, you guys are done, you know, go on unemployment, possibly file bankruptcy or make something freaking happen, dude. And mm-hmm. we made something happen. Wow, man. That's awesome to hear that, especially during COVID. You know what I mean? That you have a veteran owned company that's just thriving and it's 
through your guys' dedication and no quit attitude. That's good to see, you know, and I, I attribute that to just being a lineman. You know what I mean? Having that no quit attitude, what it takes, that alpha personality that we carry. And uh, brother, I thank you for coming on this podcast. You know what I mean? And just being able to share your story, your message. And like I always tell everybody, sometimes your mess is your message. And uh, I thank you for coming on here and, and just being a guest and sharing that with us. Matt, can you, if someone wants to get a hold of you and talk to you, can you share with the audience how they can get a hold of you, brother? Yeah, if they're on social media. They can, we have a very good marketing team that uh, they'll respond. Uh, they can go to our website, divergentalliance.com, um, submit a form. They could, I'm, I'm very big on LinkedIn. You know, that's very big on the network on LinkedIn and connecting with people. And, you know, they can reach out to me on there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, I mean, we have our company phone number on the website. They can just ask for me and leave a message and I'll with uh, probably John Martinez will answer the phone and uh, I'll definitely get back to him. But I, my passion in life is helping people be able to succeed. Mm. You know, I, I love giving opportunities uh, you know, I honestly, I probably could have made a million dollars last year and I chose not to, I chose to provide opportunities you know, barely made six, barely made a hundred grand. And we know as a lineman, it's easy to make a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, we did $7 million, right? President of the company, I, I hired probably seven new people to provide a new opportunity to uh, donate, contributed a lot of money. And I, again, I'm just so appreciative of my time being back. It's not about the money. Somebody give me $5 million and I'm going to show somebody else that opportunity. You know, because uh, I, I couldn't be happier. So, any, yeah, I'm, I'm always available to talk to anybody. That's what I love doing. That's what I'm passionate about in life. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants to try to start a business. If somebody just wants to talk and shoot the shit, I mean, that's who I am. Mm. Hell yeah, that's awesome, brother. Well, thank you for your time. And man, just just thank you, bro. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome for you to open up and be so authentic and just be able to, to share with us, our audience, you know what I mean? Who I know are going to get a tremendous amount of information from this and be able to utilize it. You know what I mean? So thanks, yeah, brother. I appreciate it. I'm glad, uh, I'm pretty, feel pretty blessed. You found us, uh, I think on Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, I appreciate, uh, you giving me the honor of being on here, man. When I saw your deal, I was like, I know that guy's a hand, <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> you know? So that, that's awesome, brother. Well, thank you and have a good night, brother. You too, man. I appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> Bye.